Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the kindred spirits here on the RQ Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here. Thank you all so, so, so much for your patience as we have tried to uh, uh, work around our very busy schedules and also watch all the soccer that we can. Uh, so we got we got we got a, a makeup for the fact we did not do a show last week. We've got Paige Mateer, which will be coming up after the conclusion of us talking about the latest Washington Spirit draw. Um, John, how you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? It was good. Uh, to your point, sorry we missed the show last week, uh, but you know, we we trying to make it up with interviews, try to make it up with any way we can. But yeah, I, a great weekend. Uh, daughter was three. She went to she got a bounce house, uh, which is always a winner. But it also had a Paw Patrol sticker on it, like a like a whatever tarp thing. So that was just that was just a big winner. Uh, you anytime you can spend four hundred dollars to make your your kid go crazy it's uh you'll do it <laughs> you'll just be upset about it later when you're like i need to just buy a bounce house like that is much better decision making uh but and other than that i got to watch a lot of good soccer i'm you know i'm gonna say this like it is the downside about having two teams and also the ml the mls broadcast window thing is i'm actually watching less soccer somehow because all the mls stuff is is hyper condensed and then in Sunday, I'm trying to catch up and make sure I've watched what I need to watch about the spirit. I just don't, I don't have a good sense of around the league. So make sure you're following uh, the people who do. <laughs> Jason Anderson is a, is a great league wide voice and all the other people on the equalizer, et cetera, that are able to do more than we are. I, I'm glad, I'm glad the soccer is exciting. Also, I also had Liverpool um, <laughs> waking up on Sunday, somehow playing the wildest game in the Premier League. You'll see. You'll they ended up your, winning that, right? Yep, four three. Um, they ended up winning that, and also the and the F one was terrible this weekend. It was absolutely awful. <laughs> was I saw like 20, 20 30 laps of it. <laughs> it was boring, absolutely awful. Hopefully better. Uh, but Checo Perez won, and I like Checo Perez. Um, let's get into it. Let's talk Washington Spirit. Washington Spirit getting a one one draw to the Chicago Red Stars. They, they don't are, lose. Yep, they are now uh, in league play. I'm not counting Challenge Cup. Uh, they are still unbeaten on the year. Uh, they've been unbeaten in the last three. Uh, they are playing pretty well, and I think um, for all for all intents and purposes, they're getting better. Like they are looking like a better, more solid team um, than we than I think we've seen. Uh, than I think we saw sort of early on in the year. They look a lot more focused. They are. They absolutely very well should have come out with three points against the Chicago team. They dominated the chances right off the gate. Uh, there were several several chances. Um, I think the real question this game is, I think the question this season has been, if it's not Trinity Rodman, if it's not Ashley Hatch, who's providing the goals and who's scoring the goals? I will say, I think... And we still don't know. (laughs) Well, I I will say for this game, it wasn't just Trinity Rodman being the only chance creator this time. There were were several other instances. I think, um, I'm pretty sure that um, uh, Mateo had an opportunity a header, a header right off the post uh, again from a Trinity Rodman ball, but there were crosses in. I think um, Sullivan got a little more involved. I thought Sanchez actually had a better game than what we've seen from her all season. I thought she was actually connecting a little bit, creating a little bit. Uh, she had a couple nice plays to to find space. Um, so I think a much stronger performance from her. But you can see the beginnings of of a team that is starting to find their form. You just kind of have to keep and you just kind of have to keep pushing and saying, you know, the results are going to come. The XG that we're putting up, the three XG that we're putting up on these teams eventually is going to become, you know, four or five goals instead of just one. You know, you just have to kind of trust that you're you're gonna you're gonna generate those opportunities. Uh, do you feel the same way, or is there any any 
anything else you wanted to to maybe add yeah, or no. any concerns you have? Yeah, I think there are a couple. Um, by the, so the first note is from a Ross perspective, uh, Dorian Bailey was injured, uh, got hurt, uh, had to come off in the last game. And uh, Amber Brooks, I do not believe, plays that position as well. She, she plays center back. Uh, I think that that's not really her strongest suit. And I think that was a little bit noticeable in the attack, not having uh, Dorian Bailey available. And I think also the, uh, to your point, uh, to your point about where is the offense coming from? I think it's, it's starting to get there. End product needs to, I would love to see someone else score just as a, just as a means of breaking sort of that, that hoodoo. Um, the two, I, I mean, there's not a whole bunch to talk about. I want to talk about the flashpoint. So uh, Ines, Yorinas wins a penalty. Uh, Ashley Hatch has a ball that she should have scored that, that, that could have been saved. That was sort of padded into the net uh, to take the early lead. And then the, the goal that was scored was two errors by Tara Mikion, mm-hmm. like as the play developed. She sort of got turnstile turned around a couple times uh, and, and, and got punished by uh, Bianca St. George in the, fi- the 33rd minute. And, I, you know, it was mostly Washington traffic after that. Chloe Ricketts, we talked about her uh, off the show, just sort of talking about how a 15-year-old player has all of this confidence and is just missing some of the natural physical attributes that 15-year-olds just don't have. Uh, luckily, the spirit has spent ten bazillion dollars on strength training, <laughs> and all of the people that can help her get to where she needs to be. But uh, what did you think about her performance and just sort of uh, her confidence going into? Uh, by the, by the way, she wasn't even the youngest person uh, playing because uh, who is it? Is it uh, Julia Bianchi came in in the 80th minute? Who's like two weeks younger than her? And also <laughs> played. But what do you think about Chloe Ricketts? I I really don't care who's the youngest player. I care if we have the best the best young player. And I think we've got, I think of, of the, of the young players that have come up again, I, I won't say I've oh. watched every other one, um, but Chloe, Chloe Ricketts looks like a very strong player. Just looks like you can just tell right off the bat that she doesn't look phased. She doesn't look out of place. She's willing to take, take players on, on the dribble. She's willing to move the ball. Well, uh, we talk about, she had one opportunity for a shot and it was, it did not, it did not. She was not able to hit it hard. I think if I am, um, if I am the if I am the coach, if I'm Mark Parsons, I am going to her and I'm saying, look, you know, you, please get get in, get in between the 18 yard box and the six and then think about a shot uh, because you just don't have the physical strength to hit that ball hard enough to beat some of these keepers. Um, you need to maybe get a little bit closer to set yourself up with a little better chance. I think the goal I think of the players, I think she the, a goal is coming for her. She's going to find an opportunity and she is going to score a goal. Um Certainly. Brain cramp, by the way. I'm sorry. The Melanie Barsanis is the player I'm thinking of, and she plays for San Diego. So I don't know. I guess I, I was putting, I was fast forwarding us to this weekend and assuming <laughs> that, that was her. Yeah. But, but it wasn't. Uh, I'm trying to think about other sort of roster things from that game that are really notable. Well, well what, one notion, but, one notion I want to give up is I feel like there were, we talk about Ashley Hatch. She gets the goal. She gets the credit. I do feel like maybe, maybe Mark needs to say, look, you know, I know every ball in the air you think is yours. You're a striker. Go get it. Score the goal. But I feel like the one header that she sent very much wide, I, I'm pretty sure Ashley Sanchez was sitting there right at the edge of the six where that ball, if 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 um, if uh, Ashley Hatch isn't there, that falls right to her feet. And she is just and if she can just, you know, basically chest it or knee it or something on it, it's going to go into the back of the net because Chicago was completely flummoxed. And there was another moment too, where sort of a low cross came in. She, she lunged at it 
And uh, also Trinity Rodman was standing right there who maybe who maybe also could have put it in the back of the net. So a lot of opportunities. Uh, I, I, I think Ashley Hatch did not have she gets the goal. She gets the PK goal. I, she was getting in the right spots, but her uh, her shot selection and her shots were not finding the net or not really challenging the keeper as much as they as much as they should. Um, and I think there are other chances where we could have had a goal if another player had gotten to it. And I, I also would love to see, we talk about who, who's going to score the next goal. I needed to be Lena Solano, Savannah, uh, Savannah um, forgetting her, forgetting her last name at the, at the moment, but basically all of these, all of these rookies that are brought in the, on the front side, uh, they, they would need to be the ones to do it uh, because that's really, uh, that's really where it's going to come down to as these injuries cycle through and, um, yeah. So Savannah Coolman is the, is the name I'm thinking of. So that the, those those players, it would be great if a backup forward or a player comes in off the bench can get a goal and then that they're just off to the races. Defensively, it's it's funny, right? Like defensively was the the area we thought this was all going to go wrong because they had created a, a defense out of uh, a box of misfit toys and then one signing internationally, and then that's not been the problem for yeah. the most part. Not not really been the problem. I mean, I will say the the goal you said they gave up was not great. It was, was not good. Individual it, mistakes rather than systemic, though, I would say. Yeah, I would say I would say that too. But I think it kind of also shows when you're when you're trying to convert an attacker into a defender. She also had an opportunity. Tara McKeown had an opportunity, I think, at the top of the box that she just did not hit well. I think she skied it. Um so this was this was a game I think that, you know, the spirit should have gotten a lot more out of it. The the chance conversion was just not there. Um, for the team and, and they just didn't have the ability to sort of get a good enough shot on target to to get a second goal they had a couple of good opportunities Paige Mateo had a, had a really nice header um, that very that could have maybe beaten some other keepers uh, Listener is also a really good keeper um, and you're certainly it's certainly going to be tough yes. to beat her she is on the national team for a reason um, so I mean again I, I think should have gotten more out of this game yeah I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about I mean Kingsbury was solid um other than that, I mean, it was really just kind of a, it was just kind of a, you know, in a performance that you're still good. This team is still winning. They're still very much, this is not last season. I think it's the most important thing. They are currently fourth in the standings, uh, two points, two points out of first, still very, very tight sort of atop the table. Um, and they get an opportunity against a, a, a good San Diego wave team uh, to maybe continue that streak and maybe find a way to get a, to get a victory. Yeah. Yep. That's the hope. So make sure you come out there on Saturday. Say hi to me. Wave, look up at the press box, point yeah. at the guy with the glasses and say, I listen to that guy's podcast. Um, or if you are in the market for $99 for a bottomless brunch mimosas and all and a game <laughs> ticket, you can also get that. Yeah. I recommend both things. So I had the chance to sit down with Paige Mateer, uh today, actually, as we're recording this on Monday. Uh, and she sort of had it. She shared her college experience and also sort of the wildness that is non-drafted free agent to... Uh, on a team to an every game starter. Uh, it's a wild thing, and I don't think she was really ready for it until it happened, and maybe still not. But I think you'll enjoy that uh, interview, which we have for you right now. Welcome back uh, to the second segment of the day for Kindred Spirits. You, We have our, I think, third guest of the year for Kindred Spirits, Paige Mateer. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's, let's get started. Uh, I think you know. I we always you're 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 a rookie. I think starting at the start is a good is a good place to start for people to get familiarized with you. Uh, 
we'll start with college. What led you to choose Cal Berkeley besides the amazing campus that I love a whole bunch uh, from having lived a little bit a, a bit a little bit about out there? Yeah, I absolutely love UC Berkeley. I had a great four and a half years there. And I think when I was like starting my college journey and looking at schools, I really didn't visit many. I visited Berkeley and I just knew that was the place for me between the academics. It was the perfect distance from home since I'm from SoCal. And obviously the team and the coaches really create a great atmosphere. So I have no there. <laughs> just far enough to, that you won't go home every weekend because it'll yeah. be a little bit annoying. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. What was your favorite? Again, I always, there's been a few people that I've interviewed that have been NorCal, either residents or going to school there. Where did you like to eat? Where was your favorite spot to eat in the sort of around the college campus? Oh, yeah. There's this place called Mezzo right on Telegraph, which is like our main street. And they have some really good breakfast burritos and mm -hmm. really breakfast toast that we would always go to every weekend. Awesome. Yeah, I, I usually just went to uh, the record stores in Berkeley a lot. I would I live in Sacramento. I would just come up there on weekends and there was a poutine place, which is weird for for for. But I would go there because it was funny to me and I love poutine. So couldn't couldn't get away from that. Uh, every article that mentions you in your early career always talks about your success running track. Was there any possibility that you were like, I could do that? I could do that in college, too. Or was it? you know, one track, you, you kept it, kept it soccer only. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Growing up, I got a few college letters from track. Actually, it was funny. I joked with my college coach because Cal actually letter to run track there. But for me, soccer has always been so much more of my focus and more of my love for sure. So I didn't put too much thought into it. But yeah, there was definitely some consideration. But not too much. <laughs> it's a good thing to have in your back pocket too. Like if anything, like like I, I could always go run, coach. Like if it, things don't go so great, I've got another coach on campus. That probably yeah. would love to see me. Uh, during those four years, four and a half years, so you're you know you started. I think you played in thirteen games your freshman year. It gradually went up over and over uh, over the course of your career. There was there, you know, what was your long term plan in mind when you were there? Were you thinking NWSL is a reasonable place where I could land, or did it sort of you know, did it occur to you later in the later in your college career or just how did that go? What was that thought process like? Yeah, that was interesting for me because obviously UC Berkeley is a great academic school and that was my priority just out of high school to go there for that. And soccer ended up being great. I absolutely loved it. I knew when I took an option and especially with the coaching staff and the environment. And I guess as my college career progressed, I do what exactly I wanted to do and I said why not give it a try and I think um, when I chose to take my fifth year that's when I really solidified that decision and I decided that if I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this for another semester then might as well take it all the way and see what I can do with it. I love I love to ask this question because th there is this on every single college student's athletics page there's always like what do they want to do and they I think they usually probably update it at the beginning of their like the freshman year and then don't touch it it says interested in pursuing a career in research. Very, very specific uh, that they got you to. What what was that manifesting? What was your course load like? Were you focused on anything in particular? Did that change? What was what was the academic side like for you? Yeah, well, UC Berkeley is one of the premier research institutions. But um, honestly, when I came in, I knew I was really interested in the STEM side of things. And I actually was interested in possibly doing chemistry. And that changed pretty quick. I ended up doing data science and econ. But <laughs> yeah. It was just more so, I mean, that's what the school is known for. Sure. Well, give it a shot with that, but we'll see. 
I'm just I'm laughing imagining like hard science uh, data research and also or hard science like chemistry research like and also I'm on I'm on the college team and also I'm going to be a professional soccer like it seems that's a unusual uh, like marriage of of uh, extreme aptitude so <laughs> for sure just thinking of this now as uh, sort of with that natural inclination and interest in data have you enjoyed you know they have. Uh, certainly more now than the last couple of years, the amount of data that's being thrown off for professional soccer and WSL, MLS, all those sports, uh, you've got, you've got an 8k drone that's flying around campus, flying around practice and feeding all sorts of data about performance on the field. There's data going off the field with uh, the athletic training department. That's, that's analyzing everything about what you're eating and sleeping. Uh, is that, that does not scare you. That is that is that, you certainly are encountering that and probably being like, "This is cool. I like the quantified life that I'm living, uh, doing all this." I would imagine. Yeah, I definitely like looking at the numbers. I always go up to our person that deals in the numbers. I'm like, "How much did I run today?" Like, <laughs> really interesting to look at, truly. And I think we just have such great staff and so many resources, as you said, give us those analytics. And yeah, it's really fun to look at. <laughs> it's really interesting. So, how did? Let's talk about how the invite to training camp occurred with the Spirit. Who were you in contact with? Was it an agent? Was it was it Mark or Corey? And how did that come about for you? Yeah. Um, prior to the draft, uh, Ange actually sent me a text and was like, can we meet with you? Just a quick Zoom call. I know they met with tons of people. But even from then, I was like, oh, like that's interesting. Like Wasn't exactly expecting that. And then after the draft, immediately when the draft ended, I got a call from uh, – the coaching staff and they were like we want to invite you into camp and it kind of just went from there I got a few other invites a few texts but um Mark Parsons was actually in contact with me throughout the process which was really nice and made me feel like this is a good place that really cares about their players and really values them so that's kind of what led me to do was going into the draft process where you sort of eyes open, how things are going to go, how they go. Obviously, you were speaking to a lot of teams. You had you had pre-draft interviews. Um, did the process go sort of how you thought it would? Or were you surprised? What, what was that? I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm sure, you know, you want to hear your name called. In general, that would be the preferable. But it's, I think, the thing that people who are just getting into NWSL are realizing there aren't enough teams for the amount of extremely skilled players that could play in the league, without a doubt. Uh, there just aren't there aren't enough roster spots. There just there's too many good players in this country. So what was the draft process night and I guess multiple days like for you? Yeah, it was certainly interesting. I mean, I went into it with an open mind. I think coming out of college, I knew that being drafted was certainly not a guarantee. But just you know, might as well throw my name out there and see what happens. And I mean, it ended up working out better than I expected. Truly, if I'm being honest, so no regrets there. <laughs> Speaking of it working out really well, uh, so I think in the, I'm trying to think if it was the second game of the year, I was in a press conference with Mark Parsons and I was, I brought you up and he was like, he, he just speaks immediately glowing of what you brought to the team. I, obviously it was, he was getting that impression through preseason and how that was going. And then also once the season started and he made it sound like, you know, you're one of the first names in the team sheet when he's putting things together and on a team with the names that are on this team that, that has to feel kind of amazing particularly you know how you describe the process up to that moment regardless the game plan is like you know page brings something that uh is unique and needed in the midfield the way we want to play so uh how does that feel to become so essential to the team that you're playing on 
after all the things we just discussed about how it was sort of an, it wasn't necessarily a, a foregone conclusion that this would be where you'd be this year. Yeah, honestly, the past few months have been a whirlwind. I came in here thinking I'd be here for a few weeks and with an open mind. And obviously it's worked out for it to be a few months and hopefully a few years. But yeah, it's been an incredible journey, truly. I mean, obviously I didn't expect any of this and I'm incredibly grateful for the way it worked out. But yeah, it feels obviously really reassuring that this coaching staff and all my teammates and all my players have been so supportive and um, yeah, really have wanted the best for me and been there along for the ride. So it's been crazy, but yeah, it's felt good. How quick do you think it takes, and maybe you're already here, how quick do you think it takes to get uh, sort of like that mental shift from like, I can't believe that this has occurred. It's a whirlwind. Every day is kind of a surprise to it being like, yeah, I've got a three-year contract. I am, I am, I'm in, I'm playing every week and you know, you never know if you're going to start it all the time. Be like this, this is, I'm here. I'm a professional soccer player. It's, this is my job now. <laughs> do you, do you feel like you're there already or is it still, you still feel like you're sort of in the acceptance phase of the, <laughs> of the change process? Yeah. Honestly, I don't know if I'll ever be there. <laughs> it's true. That's fair. One week. At a time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one game, one week at a time. And that's as far in advance that I look. <laughs> That is a professional athlete question and answer right there. So you've already got that down. Uh, how do you characterize your style of play? Because if you ask me, this is just a very small sample size. I've, I, I've just gotten to see you since you know the season started. I would say extremely tenacious defensively, great anticipation of movement, sort of knowing where to be, uh, where, to, where, to, where to meet the other player with the ball before they get there and before they're ready. Very comfortable with the ball at your feet and under pressure. Um, am I close? Do you feel like that's that sort of describes the way you the way you describe your play, or am I missing something there? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's pretty accurate. I think all of college I played the six, so that really changes how I play my new eight role now. So I think it's slightly different than how I've played in the past for sure. But as you said, like the defensive work rate, all that type of stuff, like I love bringing that to the game, and I think that's been super helpful within this league. So. Yeah, I think you kind of hit it, but. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why that's why they listen to the show for the analysis. Uh, they, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, but, uh, you know, our. Yeah, I, I think that the every game. So you, the funny part is that your first game in the league, the players you had to shut down from a midfield perspective. Uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll hold my hand up on this. And I got, I got the team sheet up in the press box of this first game. I'm like. Okay. All right. Wow. I thought maybe not a starter in the first game, but I thought, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. And that was, you were, you go, you were the first name called out, uh, and, and, and the post game just sort of like immediately, like, uh, you know, sometimes players are oftentimes players have to like, you know, it's a long process to catch up to speed and to sort of, uh, particularly in this league, it's such a star studded league. There are players that you're, when you're in college, you come out to the pros like I watched these players play for five years. I've seen them in the World Cup. I've seen them, <laughs> and now all of a sudden I'm thrown into the mix. And week one, I was just it was the the poise and the uh, their ability to sort of perform in that sort of ex- the long way to run up. Do you feel like you were nervous going into that, or was it just like this is all right? Yeah, no, certainly I expected to be playing Rose Lavelle and just just Fishlock and and putting them in my pocket uh, in the first game of my pro career. Yeah, that was crazy, honestly. I remember just, I didn't know anything to expect on game day. I was like, I don't even know how this works. <laughs> where, where do I park? How do I get into the building? What's going on here? 
this is a lot. But obviously, um, the nerves were there for sure. But I kind of just, you know, if you're going to put me on the field, I know what I have to do. And I know what I have to get done. And once you get out there, there's no time for nerves, really. It's just you have a task and you're there to complete it. So that's kind of the way I looked at it. But yeah, leading up to it, I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I'm just going to try. I feel like that helps sometimes, right? Like, it's not naivete in like a negative way, but it's sort of like in the you don't get so over overwhelmed mm-hmm. by knowing what to expect. Or it's like, I who knows? Who Surprise me, world. I'm just going <laughs> to the universe is going to present what I'm going to experience here this weekend. Yeah. Um, I wrote this ahead of time. I, I just this is a very like general question. And I've asked this to pretty much in the last couple of years. I've talked to pretty much everybody on the team. Uh, but the question's always sort of like, you know, from a career ambitions perspective, like, and it's a challenging for you because this is not necessarily, you know, for it's been a year and a half where you thought, yeah, professional soccer seems like way to go. But like, you know, as you're as you're in it now, um, like, do you want to use this game as an opportunity to see the world some? Do you like, is there is there ever a desire to say, and it's a challenge because this league is, you know, regarded as the one of one of the best or the best uh, in the world to be playing in? Is there a desire to travel? Do you want to play over abroad? Is that something that you've ever thought of in the last, in the year and a half where you thought about this as being a possibility in that time period? You just be like, boy, I'd like to play here or do this or not really not yet. Yeah, I think everyone when they're entering the NWSL draft, they know it's not a guarantee to be able to play in this league. So definitely have thought about playing in Europe and whatnot. But now that I'm in the NWSL, it's been better than I've ever expected. And honestly, like would have no problem playing here. But yeah, definitely things I've thought about. I have quite a few friends from college that play abroad and have mm-hmm. really enjoyed that process as well. So there's great options. It's definitely, I think that question is based in a, a need to unlearn MLS mindset where every player I talk to MLS is like, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is, this is this, this is step one and step four is over here. I think every, every player that I've talked to here is like, no, I've, I've some, I have either stumbled in or walked directly into the mountaintop where I intended to be and where this is, I'll be here until they tell me to go elsewhere. And then I will consider, I will, then I'll consider France. Then I'll consider uh, going to Italy for a while. Um, what's been the most surprising thing for you on the field and off the field as the transition of the pros happen? Is it uh, usually it's speed of play? That's usually the thing that gets the college pros is like, Oh wow. That was, <laughs> you can't, cause you can't prepare for it. You just have to live it. Yeah, that's definitely number one. I remember turning to some of the other rookies and being like, I feel like college was like, if we're talking basketball, it was like a half court press and this is like a full court press. Like <laughs> it's always on you. And it's insane to adjust to truly. But I mean, the more games you get under the belt, it easier it becomes. But even at practice, it's like, wow, okay, still not used to that. Like, <laughs> here it comes, here it comes. But yeah, a learning process. <laughs> what about what about off the field? You you were at a very. It's not like you were at some podunk, uh, not not well funded, good good program. So you you know you guys had you guys had what you needed to to be to be in a professional environment. But what ha- what surprised you about being with the Spirit as far as off the field preparation? all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I think just, I came into this team at such a great time. I think Michelle has invested so much money and expertise into the program. And we have so many staff players, staff members that care so deeply about their players and so many resources. And I think that's truly unique, even in this league, obviously a change from college, just having all of those resources that are top of the game, truly. So 
I'm imagining like I'm imagining you have you're having a day just like a, a Thursday where, you know, you had training, you're a little annoyed, like, man, the the catering today is OK. And then someone like like Tori is there like a like a like a war, like a war veteran, like you don't even know what it used to be like here. You don't even know. Uh, so yeah, you did get here at the right time. Having, having like talked through it and having to talk some, but I think you did. This is <laughs> so good on you. Good luck there. That was good. Um, the last question for you, uh, just sort of about how the season's gone so far. Obviously you missed, <laughs> I was, I was prepping for this and on, on Twitter, one of the first things was first, there's one, uh, in the Houston game where you're triple nut making a player in midfield, which is great. And then the other was uh, Paige gets the first red card of, of 2023 in NWSL, which I bet you also didn't have your bingo card. It's like, yeah, that's, that's probably going to be me. Uh, what's your read on the season so far? I don't think everything's clicking yet, but you can't be upset with sort of the, the results so far. This is if you look at this year and last year, you would they would take where they're at right now anytime, any day of the week. Yeah, I think the way we look at it is just we want to progress every game. Like such a cliche answer, but I truly think that that's what we're doing. And I think even this weekend against Chicago, we just progress so much. And each week we take what we're learning in practice and on film, and we're really translating it well to the field. So yeah, obviously undefeated during um, league play, which is always a plus and great, but looking for those three points this weekend. So big game, big game this weekend. I think that there, <laughs> I saw a promotion. I don't know. Actually, you're on Instagram. So you probably saw this ad. I assume if I get targeted with spirit ads, you definitely, if you're on this, you probably get wall to wall uh, target on your cookie. You get the cookie on your phone for sure. Uh, but it's like a, all you can eat, all you can drink mimosas. It's like a bottomless brunch. You pay $99 and you get a sweet seat and mimosas and a bottomless brunch and see the game. I, that whoever thought of that a plus, very, very good. And also it's against San Diego. So this is a, if there's a, if there's a weekend to, to, to show up, this would be the one to, I, uh, there, the other, the other spirit podcast has a go to games sort of, uh, like that's like their brand. And, uh, we, I just try to do it also. And this, but this one is everyone likes mimosas. Everyone likes brunch. And also hopefully the weather holds off and you've got a great game. And I think that the, yeah, this is, this is going to be the star studded game that I think, I think it's the. I don't know if they have a game of the week for the NWSL, but I think it's going to be, I think it's like a featured game. So that's just me saying, if you're listening to this and watching this interview, uh, try to get out uh, to Audi Field on Saturday. Paige, thank you so much for joining. Tell people where you're at on Instagram. You're not on Twitter, I don't think. That's right. You're you're too young. Your your age group, your age cohort has been like, Twitter's stupid. I'm on Instagram or somewhere else. Is that, am I right? Yeah, I love Twitter. Yeah. Thank you for stalking it, not for posting. Oh, well, that is a, that is a, all right. So she, I, it's, it's possible that Paige has seen your tweets about her. If you uh, are right, she might have name searched it, but she's not on there. She doesn't have an account. But you're on Instagram, right? What's your yeah. What's your username? It's just my name. Your name? Paige Mater. You gotta love that. You gotta love that. There's a veil. Uh, Aubrey's trying to get Instagram support to help change her after she, but it's not working. And I don't have that poll, so I can't do much about it. Anyway, Paige, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that's the end of the show this week. We'll be back on Monday uh, or you'll be back on Friday with the preview show where it's just me and no Ted and then we'll have the live show on Monday. So thank you very much for joining the show. Awesome. Bye. So much.